Hello, everyone. I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to Fit for a Queen. Welcome back, queens. We have Katie Brown with us in studio. I'm really excited to be speaking with her today. Let me tell you a little bit about Katie. She is a Kansas City, Missouri area yoga instructor with a passion for astrology, philosophy, and all things metaphysical. She learned to love her body again through yoga after a challenging two-year stint in the world of competitive fitness. Her passion for yoga led her to self-study on a three-week solo adventure to Bali and eventually to Asheville, North Carolina, where she received her 200-hour registered yoga teacher certification in 2017 at the Asheville Yoga Center. With a background in bodybuilding and physical fitness, she understands both the anatomy of the body and the societal pressures put on it. She teaches both vinyasa-style yoga, infusing the energetics of astrology into each class, as well as more passive yin yoga, in which she received additional certification in 2019. She teaches a style of yoga that focuses on cultivating a loving and compassionate conversation with the body. The goal in every class, whether active or passive, is to become present with the breath. She believes that it is with the breath that we connect through the body and to the spirit. You can find Katie teaching mostly online these days with offerings such as yin yoga, astrology-themed flows, and seasonal yoga malas through True Love Yoga and Hagoya. You can find her in person one day a week, socially distanced, and mass on the mat on Saturday mornings at Hagoya. She also offers a once-monthly restore and release, a monthly self-care reset via her own platform. To learn more about Katie and her offerings, you can connect with her on social media at KBKC Yoga or through her website, kbkc.yoga. Welcome to Yay, the studio, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm ex- so excited to be here. I'm excited <laughs> to chat with you. I've been wanting to chat with you for a long time because I have been on a journey to find a yoga instructor who... Um, moving your body, connecting to your body, but I want the feeling of when I leave a yoga class, it's like leaving like a therapist session, (laughs) not that you're a therapist, but like, okay, I gave it all and I'm going to leave all my mess there and I feel um, good. And that's what I found in you. And again, it's been a long time for me searching for that. So I've been wanting to chat with you. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's um, really important to me that my classes be way more about Way more than just the physical practice. Way more than just where we're putting our body in space. For me, yoga is such... It really saved me Mm -hmm. from um, a lot of self-hatred and a lot of a really, really negative um, view of my body and the world. And um, that's what I want to bring to people on the mat is Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, awareness... And that understanding that our body is our friend. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, for me, yoga is, is um, therapy. <laughs> for me, it right? is therapy. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what I feel in your classes. And I didn't know 
um, the back room that you had, yeah. which makes a lot of sense yeah. <laughs> with when I'm in your classes. I can definitely feel that. So I'd love to hear more about your journey to being an instructor. Yeah. And what is it about yoga that drew you to the profession and how it's benefited you? So please tell us about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'll try to make this um, as succinct as possible. So essentially, I struggled with body weight image my whole life. I was a chunky adolescent. I, you know, I think we hear this story over and over again, all through, especially those of us who grew up in the 90s. Sure. Um, how many times did we do Weight Watchers with right. or without our mom? And The Weight Watcher generation. Uh, the Weight Watcher like, generation. from our mothers. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. 100%. Slim Fast. Slim Fast. Slim Fast Weight Watchers. Slim for Life. If anybody's yes. familiar with that, I did that in high school. That was like... You know, for a 16, 17-year-old to go on this radical weight loss that not only was so difficult on my body, but crazy expensive. I oh, mean, gosh, I yeah. we spent so much money on that. So I fought my body for, I mean, really until I was in my mid-20s. And I dabbled here and there with working out, but I was never super active. And it was in... God, let's I want to say 2010, New Year's Eve 2010, I slipped on the ice. I fell. I dislocated my knee. I was out of work because I work in the service industry. I was out of work for mm -hmm. um, eight weeks. And I really sat with myself for that amount of time and said, and see, I'm not making this a short story, but I said, okay. you know, I asked myself, <laughs> would I be, would I have been hurt so bad if I was in if I was in shape, if mm -hmm. I was actually taking care of my body, because I wasn't. I was, mm -hmm. you know, fighting my body through diet, but I never did anything else. So that sort of was the precipice for then what came to be a year of really just trying to eat better and actually care about taking care of my body. And I lost, in one year, I lost 70 pounds. Oh, wow. And through that... I and to be completely clear and transparent, I I did use Weight Watchers as well, mm -hmm. and I lost seventy pounds. I started working out at a gym. I started working out with a trainer. Mm -hmm. um, this trainer, you know, I was taking group fitness classes. She and I was always there. And finally, after you know a couple months, she looked at me and said, "You need to do fitness competition." Huh. You're ready to train. Come train with me. And of course, you're singled out. You feel special. Sure. You're like, yeah, let's do it. And she was awesome. And I have <laughs> nothing bad to say about her. She's a really genuine human. Mm -hmm. But I started training with her. And then it was, you know, five months of doing that. All of a sudden, it's January 1st. And she looks at me as we're lifting weights one day and says, is this going to be the year you compete? Mm -hmm. And I said, Yes. And she's like, great. Diet starts in six days. And you're like, shit. <laughs> and so, I didn't mean it. I didn't, I didn't mean, it. mean it. I didn't mean it. And so I went, I did a, I did my first um, bikini bodybuilding fitness competition that year, wow, which was Katie. four months of, I mean, to say strict is an understatement for mm -hmm. four months of regimented dieting, working out, nothing else exists. You know, mm -hmm. you you can't go to family functions. Mm -hmm. You can't go out with your friends. Mm -hmm. You can't have a relationship because your entire world is eating grilled chicken and steamed broccoli out of Tupperware at regimented times. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Literally, and working out, and you can't skip a workout because the end goal is to get on stage. Mm -hmm. And I got on stage, and the the 
change from even the, you know, disregarding the weight loss, the change from the beginning to end was so dramatic. But because I had been heavy my whole life, I had all this excess skin. Mm-hmm. And there was just nothing you could do about it. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen these bikini bodybuilding yeah. competitions, you know that you can't hide it. Those yeah. suits are so tiny. And the lights are so shiny. The, so, the lights are so shiny. <laughs> There's sequins everywhere uh-huh. and seven levels of spray tan. Yeah. And you're judged in your height class, and I got last place, which was not the goal was not to place, but I had worked my ass off, and yeah. sorry if I can't. No, you um, can and yeah. I had gotten last place, and and I was still proud of what I had done, and I went. I had planned a trip with my best friend to go to Mexico four days mm-hmm. after competition because I was mm-hmm. going to be in the best shape of my life, and we binged and mm-hmm. we went crazy and we ate everything, and mm-hmm. then I came home and I hated myself for you know, the difference in my body. And I was so critical of my body. And I was so, um, I was fighting like, oh, now I can eat again, but I still have to go in the gym. And now I have to go to the gym more because I'm eating sort of normal food. And yeah. I got to a place where where fruit was the enemy. And yeah. because that's that world, mm-hmm. no sugar of any kind, even mm-hmm. natural sugars, you know. Um, I can tell you, I mean, there are maybe eight things that I ate for two years, mm-hmm. like eight things. Yeah. Um, so, the anyways, rules, so, the rules yeah. that you're quoting are strict, right? So strict. Yeah. They have to be because mm-hmm. you're dehydrating your body. You're, I mean, there's a specific goal. So, I did it again. I mm-hmm. did it again the next year. And I, you know, it was the same time of year. So, it's start training in January, get on stage in April, you know. Try to live a normal life from May to December and then do it again. The second time I was even more strict. I was weighing every single thing I ate to the Mm -hmm. gram and just, you know, scrutinizing my body, constantly measuring my body, constantly body checking in mirrors, constantly, you know, trying to isolate this area and that area and this little thing and that little thing and, and researching, you know, um, researching plastic surgery how can I get rid of this extra skin and all this stuff and I at the end of that and I placed last in that second competition too Mm. and that was kind of heartbreaking and you know the months that followed that I was really in a dark place Mm -hmm. I was um, I had had a short relationship that ended because he couldn't deal with my obsession Mm -hmm. and I don't blame him mm-hmm. yeah. um and it becomes I, your own relationship right i mean like, that was it yeah, yeah mm-hmm. i couldn't have a relationship with anyone or anything else so i actually stumbled on a podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> i think i literally typed into google how to love your body again post fitness competition like that whole sentence very specific and i found a girl and she had a podcast and mm-hmm. she had the exact same journey she was she did bikini bodybuilding competition and she was sort of learning to come out of that and i had i had tapped in i had touched on yoga a couple times mm-hmm. but yoga didn't count mm-hmm. yoga wasn't a workout yeah. yoga didn't actually burn calories so where sure. could i possibly fit that into my routine it wasn't a 6 7 10 mile run that i was doing on my days when i wasn't lifting mm-hmm. um, anything less than an hour and less than you know 5 600 calories burned wasn't valid yeah And, um, I sort of, I found this girl, I started researching, you know, listening to her podcast, learning about, I, I had completely lost my period. I had Mm -hmm. gone into complete adrenal fatigue. Mm -hmm. That was another thing where I was like, 
this is not healthy. Mm-hmm. My body has shut down. Yeah. I want to be able to have kids someday. Mm-hmm. And I'm literally shutting down my own ability to do that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and it's all about how I look. And mm-hmm. I've got to get over that. How mm-hmm. can I get over that? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just slowly started dabbling into the world of yoga more and I found some people that were really passionate about body acceptance and then beyond you know you have to you have to start with that step and then you can move into body celebration but it takes a long time to get through the acceptance piece yeah and I found that yoga yoga was the first place that I found where I was supposed to listen to my body and mm-hmm. respond in turn rather than telling my body, you can go harder, you can do one more, you can do one more mile, you can mm-hmm. push, you can push, you can push. Sitting back and actually taking that time to stop and breathe yeah. and listen to what my body needs and and to honor that. And mm-hmm. it was not a fast process, um, but I do remember after months of you know, doing this um, work try- on the mat. And, and and at that point, I was doing yoga once a week, mm-hmm. maybe. Because, mm-hmm. again, I was still trying to... I was The pendulum had swung really hard one way. Sure. And it had to take some time to swing back. Sure. And I took about six months into practicing yoga. I took a meditation workshop. Mm-hmm. And she had us do a simple breathing exercise. And after that... She came up to individual people and little groups and said, how was that for you? And I said, I felt like I was breathing too fast and I wasn't breathing hard enough and I wasn't breathing deep enough and I didn't know if I was doing it right. And she looked at me and she said, have you always judged your body this Mm -hmm. way? Mm -hmm. And she could see it just from how I was judging my breath. And mm-hmm. it just blew my mind. And mm-hmm. I think that was a really pivotal moment That for me. connection there. Yeah. That she came across. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and. The breath, you've taken my classes, the breath is above and beyond the most important yes. piece mm-hmm. of the yoga. I have I have inhale and exhale tattooed on my body, yeah. on my arms, mm-hmm. and it seems, you know, trendy and cliche, but it is for me such a reminder that that's how we come out of these spirals of mm-hmm. thought. That's how we come out of these negative, you know... Um, thought patterns is to just stop and to breathe. Yeah. And only when you stop and breathe can you listen, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's what drew me to yoga. (laughs) That's where I came from. That was, it was really, I hate my body. How can I stop hating my Mm -hmm. body? And yoga said, this is how. Yeah. And. Yeah, I'm just seeing this like journey of recovery of getting in the hamster wheel of the fitness world. Yeah. Which it can be really unhealthy yeah. to kind of this pendulum swing of yoga where it gives you permission yeah. to really you're accepting the body. Right. And and listening to it. Yeah. And and honoring it. You know, with, I'm saying it's that is a really hard pendulum. It was swing. hard and it took a long time. And body image recovery is so difficult. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's never ending. Mm-hmm. I mean this was this was Six years ago, and I still check in the mirror. I still critique. I still see photos of myself or videos of myself practicing, leading classes with, you know, 50-plus people that are there because they enjoy the class and looking at myself and going, how can they take me seriously in moments, you know? 
Um, and especially, you know, you get into that yoga world and you don't you don't lose that competition. Yoga, right. you know, Instagram model yoga modeling, whatever you want to call that, sure. is a very prevalent world. Yes. I think that the biggest tool that I used to change how I thought about bodies and especially mine was to go through and purge my social media. Yeah. To purge my Pinstagram, my Pinstagram, <laughs> my <laughs> Pinterest and my yeah. Instagram to purge of accounts that were all, you know, what's the, you know, we're all fitness. We're all, um, mm-hmm. you know working diet culture. culture. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one particular that I'm trying to call to mind, but um, I had to purge all of that and then follow because you, your, your thought patterns are completely determined by what you're seeing, what you're Mm -hmm. exposed to. Mm -hmm. And I changing all of that was huge. Mm -hmm. Not and, 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 you know, letting go. It took two years for me beyond you know, post-fitness competition to let go of my membership at the yeah. gym. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time, a long time, to even want to lift weights again. Yeah. And I will say in this, it was, two, it was last year that I'd been teaching at this point for two years. And, you know, there's so many different things that drew me to yoga, but really the energetics of it, the permission, not only the permission to listen to your body, but the call mm-hmm. to listen to your body. And that's what I try to convey in my classes. Um, but also the energetics of it. It's, it's such a, for me, it's such a spiritual experience to be present with your intuition Mm -hmm. and not what you're hearing from outside, but what you hear and know inside. Yeah. Um, and that takes a lot of cultivating, uh, a lot of time and a lot of trial and error, Mm -hmm. a lot of like, you know, questioning, how does this particular way of movement make me feel? Whether it's running, lifting. I loved I loved the accomplishment of running. Mm-hmm. And I loved doing it while I was running, that, yeah. a, that adrenaline. But my body felt like shit every single time yeah. after I ran. Two yeah. hours later, the rest of the day, I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. It felt like garbage <laughs> every time. And I was like... Why do I keep doing this? Because I love it while I'm doing it. <laughs> sure. Well, not the first mile. But, you know, the miles two to six are great. I know all of you runners out there. Um, and it's so hard on your joints. And mm-hmm. it's hard, you know, when you start to learn about anatomy. Um, and I did yeah. get to a point where... You know, I swung really hard on the pendulum into only yoga mm-hmm. and and very anti-fitness. Sure. And now I'm to a place where I where I don't do it very often, but when I get when I get that inspiration, I love to go like lift heavy yeah. things, mm-hmm. lift weights in the gym to really use my muscles in a way that, you know, Yoga doesn't activate them. Sure. And I'll start to feel it after mm-hmm. a couple months of just doing vinyasa. I'll be like, I haven't felt my glutes activate because you don't get much gluteal activation sure. unless you're really targeting it. And so then I'll just do a bunch of glute stuff for like two weeks in a row or, you know, and I am finding this balance. But what really drew me to yoga was this call to this call to health that was beyond well, that was true health. That wasn't what it looked like. Sure. That was sure. 
uh, my body functioning optimally, bringing my period back, having mm-hmm. more normal mm-hmm. hormonal, you know, shifts throughout the month. And, you know, knowing that even though I might go to a Western doctor and he might tell me, I, he, I guarantee you he would tell me, that my BMI is in the overweight and mm-hmm. probably even obese for mm-hmm. my height. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you look at my body at 5'4", at I'm, you know, roughly 170 pounds, and I'm practicing and teaching hard yoga classes seven days a week and working on my feet four nights, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, my body's... Yeah, we could do a whole podcast. Well, we do. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The medical system and BMIs are a total, yeah, Yeah. crap. Right. Uh They are crap. But that's what we're hearing, right, from our doctors. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that's how they're trained. Sure. Sure. And it's sort of like I heard something recently about alignment in yoga Mm -hmm. and new teachers and... There is so much, and again, we could do a whole podcast on this, but there's so much to skeletal structure that Mm -hmm. doesn't get talked about in yoga classes because you don't have time. You have 60 minutes to get people, you know, through a a vinyasa. But but people's skeletal, you know, variances are so different, Mm -hmm. and it makes such a difference. But when you go through teacher training, you have to be taught a base line rule of alignment right and from there as you teach over the years it's up to you as a teacher to realize and learn and adapt that yes that's the sort of standard because we have to start somewhere yeah and from there you can start to see and teach that all bodies are different and that what works for you is not going to work for you and that if that person can put their foot behind their head, they likely could from the beginning. It was no amount of stretching. Sure. It was no amount of conditioning that took them to get... Maybe maybe an, an hour. Yeah. I mean, but that's it. Yeah. And it's... I feel like the medical system, the Western medical system, is sort of the same way. Mm-hmm. We have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. The doctors need basic knowledge. Sure. They need these charts to be able to understand from a very broad perspective, mm-hmm. and especially, you know, it's certainly archaic now because yeah. we have so much more knowledge, but they needed to be able to understand, you know, on a very, very base level, okay, where do we start? Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is where BMIs came in. Sure. And that's where some doctors, a lot of doctors, get stuck mm-hmm. because these are the rules they've been taught. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know... I, I think I don't think it's a leap to say that most doctors are very, you know, science or mathematically minded. <laughs> right. I know, like, again, so their nutrition classes, inclined. they're not getting, you know, we work in the area of eating disorders. They're not getting any of that training. Right. Um, when it comes to um, health at every size. Right. Sort of. Um, right. Chrissy theory. Harrison yeah. was one that I found early mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there isn't, you know, it's it's easy to be given a set of rules mm-hmm. and to just follow them. Absolutely. It's yeah. a lot harder. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to take those rules, appreciate them, and then make your draw your own conclusions and, mm-hmm. and look at someone, you know, with more of an, again, intuitive eye and yeah. say, I can see 
that your from your elbow to your shoulder is longer than mine, and that's gonna make tripod headstand harder for you. <laughs> I mean, it just it's that's my problem. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. It's you know, you could take someone who is my exact height and my exact weight, mm-hmm. and if they have longer arms than I do, they're gonna be able to do certain things sure. easier than I can on the mat. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's about not beating yourself up right? Mm-hmm. for the fact that, you know, my shins are short. I have short shins, which means <laughs> I have thick calves, which means buying boots is hard. Like, <laughs> it's all connected. And it's all, and it just is, you know, it just is what it is. Uh-huh. And it's so, you know, we could live a life battling our body, but man, I was done. Gosh, right? I was done. I was done fighting my body every single day. Mm-hmm. And that being the focus of my damn life. <laughs> right? I kind of like it. Your body is what it is. Yeah. Period. <laughs> it is what it is, period. And you can, you know, you can kill yourself in the gym and it might not make a damn bit of difference. Right. You can do all the We things, all right? have friends yeah. that don't have to change their diet one bit and mm-hmm. they start working out every day and they drop weight like that. Mm-hmm. I am not that person. Mm-hmm. I am not, I, in order to lose or gain weight, it is all diet for mm-hmm. me. I am a very active person mm-hmm. and I have slowly gained a little bit of weight over mm-hmm. the last couple of years. And, um, you know, am I saying that I won't hit a point where I'm like, okay, I got to back off and I got to, mm-hmm. of course not. I'm, mm-hmm. I might, mm-hmm. but for now I'm <clears throat> relatively comfortable in my body for now. My obsession with my body it's still there, mm-hmm. but it's certainly not the first thing I think about or even yeah. maybe the 10th on a good day. Sure. You know, I've got so many other things going on in my life. Mm-hmm. There's something about, like, giving up that fight yeah. that just lowers. Oh, my God. It's so free. Yeah. It's freedom. Yeah, freedom. And that's what I want <laughs> to be able to convey. And that was that's what drew me to teaching yoga. Yeah. And when I finished my teacher training and I taught my very first class... It felt like stepping on a conveyor belt, like one of those, like, like one of those moving walkways at an airport. I just felt propelled. Like, this mm-hmm. is what I'm supposed to mm-hmm. do. This feels good. Not only does it feel good for me, mm-hmm. it feels good because I can see that these people, yes, they're being kind, but that these people are coming back mm-hmm. and that, that something I said resonated and mm-hmm. something I said, you know, made them hopefully hate their body a little less or yeah. or eventually love it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. And again, that's kind of what I feel in your classes. Oh, um, thanks. I like to switch a little bit about yoga and coping right now. Yeah. Um, you recently posted a video on yoga for uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and you do have a gift for verbalizing what is so many are feeling right now, unsure, yeah. unsafe, overwhelmed. Um, can you share some information on what type of practices can help us feel grounded and less anxious right now? And a little bit about how that works. Yeah. The science around it. Yeah. Go so, to town. Go to town. <laughs> oh, my God. So much to say. <laughs> so, first of all, when I'm teaching, 99% of the time, I'm talking to myself. So, if I'm talking, <laughs> so if I decide to lead a class on uncertainty, it's because I'm feeling uncertain. And if I'm feeling uncertain, especially this year, and I think I posted that video, um, it was the day after the election. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I know that somebody else is feeling it too. Mm -hmm. So that's where that comes from. I really, I don't plan my classes. And I think that this is important for any yoga instructor that are listening, especially new yoga instructors. Don't think you have to plan, regimentedly plan every single class. For some that works. I think that there's so much value in rolling with the energy mm-hmm. that you feel that day, that week, culturally, societally, that's going to speak to your people. Yeah. So anyway, Absolutely. yeah, that's where I bring that in. And as far as grounding practices, there are so many, as you know. Um, again, the breath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> again, the breath. You know, if anxiety, like true anxiety that bubbling up feeling mm-hmm. is overwhelming you, that feeling of buzzing, <laughs> that feeling that you get when you almost get in a car accident or when you drop something, that like guttural reaction. If anxiety is getting to you, my number one hack, my absolute best always works tool is shaking your hands. Like this? Yes. I'm doing hard. It. She's okay. shaking her hands <laughs> for those of you that can't see us. What but is like, going on there? Vigorously. Mm-hmm. So you know how when you get that adrenaline rush mm-hmm. of almost being in a car accident? Yeah. And you automatically shake. Sure. It's your body's way mm-hmm. of triggering that, of moving through that sympathetic nervous system, that flight, that fight or flight yeah. panic, because your nervous system kicks in. When your yep. anxiety is high, you're in sympathetic. Your body shakes itself naturally to move through that so mm-hmm. that it can get to parasympathetic. Mm-hmm. So 30 seconds of vigorous handshaking. Mm-hmm. Do this at Target. Mm-hmm. Do this in your car. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, 30 mm-hmm. solid seconds, too. Count it out. You can flap your hands up and down, shaking side to side. You can really get vigorous with it if you're feeling really intense and take your arms up over your head mm-hmm. and shake your whole body. Mm-hmm. But 30 seconds of that will soothe your nervous system. Mm-hmm. So that is my number one hack for anxiety especially. That makes sense. Your body wants to do that. Exactly. So engaging in it yep. brings it down. And you help yeah. to move that energy because sure. that's what we're feeling. We're feeling, you know, this vibration that has nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. So give it somewhere to go. So that's number one. Also dancing mm-hmm. is super helpful. Um When you're feeling overwhelmed mentally, when you're feeling fearful about the future, when you're starting to spiral into, you know, uncertainty. Yeah. um, Breathing, breathing. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just it's so simple. But breathing, taking a moment to sit, to close your eyes if it feels safe, to soften them if it doesn't. And to really direct and slow the breath intentionally. Mm -hmm. Um, there's several breathing techniques that I love. Um, laying down a three-part breath is my favorite, mm-hmm. where you breathe down into the belly, and then you expand the ribs, and then you expand up into the chest, mm-hmm. and you breathe out from top, contracting, you know, softening the chest, and then the ribs, and then the belly. And I, this breath always takes me back to the beach, mm-hmm. yeah. which is so soothing for so many mm-hmm. of us sure. to be around that water, especially those of us who grew up here landlocked. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Having those moments of beach. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that 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 rhythm. <clears throat> and, and for me, that breath in particular, that three-part breath or that ocean wave breath, we call it, feels like it's washing some of that tension away because it really is a is a downward breath and then an upward breath yeah. and a downward. So that one's huge. 
Um, there's so many apps that I turn to. Mm-hmm. Um, what in are times. some of your favorites? So, um, Aura is mm-hmm. one that I really like. And it, I like it because it has really simple, that visual yes. breathing bubble. Mm-hmm. You breathe in for four, hold for two, breathe mm-hmm. out for six. That's another favorite of mine. Um, and Insight Timer. Mm-hmm. So many beautiful guided breath works and meditations on Insight Timer. Um, meditation mm-hmm. is, of course, another tool to yeah. feel grounded. But I think when we talk about grounding, it can be such a, like, what does that even mean? Sure. Right? And for me, grounding means to not feel like I'm spiraling, to Mm -hmm. not feel like I am being torn and pulled, to be present where I am, to feel like I'm rooted Mm -hmm. to the floor, to my Mm -hmm. chair, to this present moment. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people really enjoy sense exploration. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've talked about that on the show as well. Um, noticing what you smell. Yeah. Noticing what you hear. The senses. Yeah. Noticing the taste in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Noticing, and I like to do it eyes closed, so noticing what I can see behind my eyes. Because mm-hmm. that takes me out of what I see in the world and into what I see here. Mm-hmm. And anytime I can do that, I think it helps me to feel sort of like a tree. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm kind of impervious, Mm -hmm. impenetrable. Like, I'm so solid, and the roots that I know I have when I can Mm -hmm. tap into these tools are so strong Mm -hmm. that whatever's going on around me, I can weather. Yeah. You know? Um, There are so many grounding practices in physical asana as well. Mm -hmm. Anything where you're low to the ground, Mm -hmm. child's pose. Mm -hmm. I mean, God, I can't tell you how many times I've been overwhelmed with anxiety and I've just also also put your phone on do not disturb. <laughs> <laughs> number one, just, number one yes, trick to grounding. Step, turn turn your phone that off. thing. Turn your phone off. Yes. Put it in another room. Lock it in your glove box. Whatever. Get rid of your phone. Um, but to just go sit in child's pose. Mm-hmm. And another that I'm thinking of, because of course they keep coming. Um, is to lay on your belly. So mm-hmm. to be prone, face down. Mm-hmm. So I like to do this, and I teach this, where you've got the arms in a diamond shape, fingers are interlaced under the forehead, mm-hmm. and the elbows are out so that you can lay straight down so the neck is not twisted to the left or to the right. Yeah. And you can breathe. And it's similar to the shaking thing, where mm-hmm. when you're really stressed out or worried or sad, we put our forehead in our hands. Yeah, I like that. It's the same thing. Sure. Your body, when you tilt your head forward, mm-hmm. you're triggering the glands in your brain that talk to the vagus nerve, yep. which is the longest nerve in the body. It's mm-hmm. cranial. It runs from the brain through the heart, the lungs, mm-hmm. the digestive system, mm-hmm. and tells your body that it's safe, mm-hmm. that there's no fear, imminent fear, and that you can rest for a moment and digest whatever is happening. And so having your forehead straight down, you can even, if you're not in a position, you're at work, you're not in a position where you can lay on the ground face down without getting really weird looks. Yeah. Sit on your desk, let your hand, let your head rest in your hands for a full minute. Mm -hmm. And that really will bring you back to a slower heart rate, Mm -hmm. to a 
you know, slower breath to more oxygen in the blood. Mm -hmm. That's another thing about taking time to breathe deeply Mm -hmm. is you're truly you're oxygenating your blood and your blood cells can then expand and soften. Your whole body softens and you lose a little bit of that you know, that fear. Mm -hmm. And these are practices, my friends, that you have to do over and over and over again. (laughs) Just learn. Like, how often have you been in child's pose? I mean, all the time. All (laughs) so handshaking. (laughs) Even yesterday, I was feeling really anxious yesterday, and I did. It was like a vigorous handshaking into a little, into sort of a dance party moment Mm -hmm. to just move some of the energy. Yeah. Because that's what happens. This energy gets stuck. Yeah. And we, when, you know, you've heard this in, in so many different traditions, psychology and and in, you know, the wellness world. But it's when we are not present in this moment, mm-hmm. when we're worried about the past, you know, upset about the past, going over conversations or scenarios that happened and reliving them and trying to break them down and understand them or, you know, worrying about what's out there in the future and what might happen and what's going to happen and how will I deal when this happens, if this happens. Those two arenas are where we feel ungrounded. It's coming back to this moment, Mm -hmm. this breath. And the reality is that 99.9% of the time in this moment, all is well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right here. You are safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything is working out for your highest good. And mm-hmm. of this, in this moment, only good will come. Mm-hmm. And that's a Louise Hay affirmation, one mm-hmm. of my all-time favorites. And it's those four things, all is well. Mm-hmm. Everything is working out for my highest good. Mm-hmm. Out of this situation, only good will come. Mm-hmm. And I am safe. Mm, that sounds good. And that's and that's <laughs> a, that's another tool for grounding, too. Over and over and over. Absolutely. Over and over and over. And right I have... I can't tell you how many times I have sat and said that to myself for upwards of 10, 20, I mean, just on repeat. Mm -hmm. And when you're really, really going through an emotional moment, use those things to anchor yourself. Mm -hmm. Mantra Mm -hmm. literally means a thread. It's like, it's like, it's like that rope Mm -hmm. that you were holding onto for dear life. Yeah. When you're falling off a cliff, I mean, use those, use those affirmations those are a hugely effective tool mm-hmm. to, you know, change your thought patterns and to lose some of that anxiety. And, you know, eventually the beauty of affirmations is, you know, you don't have to believe them when you first say them. Oh, yeah. You don't have to believe that you are, you know, a world famous yoga teacher or <laughs> that you are in, you know, you're married to the man of your dreams mm-hmm. or that you are that you love and adore your body and you know every stretch mark and roll mm-hmm. you don't have to believe these things but the more you keep saying them to yourself the more they do become true and you mm-hmm. do start to believe yourself absolutely it is retraining your brain oh, to 100% think a way. Yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. cuz we're not trained to believe yeah. to love our bodies mm-hmm. we're no. i mean society puts so much pressure on us to be beautiful, mm-hmm. to be tan, mm-hmm. to be clear-skinned, mm-hmm. to be limber, to be athletic, to be toned, mm-hmm. and to be the life of the party, mm-hmm. and to be the hostess mm-hmm. with the most, <laughs> to be super <laughs> cheesy, to, to you know, 
Sure. We're trained in this dichotomy of, you know, it's cool to be the person that's out drinking wine and knows about all the wine and that also is at the gym working her ass off and raising her kids and going to, you know, leading people. Like, how can we be all of these things? We can't. And we can't and or the answer is we can if we take everything it's cliche in moderation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, my soapbox too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. What women are supposed to be. Right. Trained uh, since we were little. Right. I want to touch on community too, because yeah. I think that's such an um, important aspect of lowering our anxiety. And we're definitely missing it right now. <laughs> my favorite part of going to your yoga classes, and I'm doing online with you, is like your yoga classes in the winter with the candles on. Yeah. The solstice, Yes. Yeah. is so uh, peaceful. So how are you feeling the virus has impacted our sense of community? And how are you coping personally, especially with this as your profession yeah, um, and having to like pivot to online and what, what a crazy, it has been a crazy year. And, um, I, I so miss those days. Mm -hmm. We would pack this tiny little yoga studio. They had 24 people in there one day. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was, and it is a small studio people. Mm -hmm. Our max capacity (laughs) is eight these days, socially distanced. And Mm -hmm. I, and that was even like, okay, you're going to be by the door person number eight. Um, you know, pivoting to online was not difficult for me. Yeah. I know it was difficult for other teachers that are less comfortable in front of the camera. I've always been sure. pretty comfortable in front of a room or in front of a camera and an audience. Um, that was fairly easy. And, and you know, social media was already an area where I was... I, I do have another full-time job. Yeah. And so I don't have, you know, a ton of time to dedicate to posting every single day, whatever. But I am pretty active on social media. So for me, it wasn't, that transition wasn't hard. Um, I think that the number, the biggest thing that's been helpful for me to feel like we've retained a sense of community um, is in these online classes. I way prefer to teach on Zoom than on Facebook Live or Instagram Live Mm -hmm. because on Zoom, people can, and I do invite them to turn on their cameras Yeah, because we are all in weird spaces, Mm -hmm. literally. Some people are practicing in their kitchen. Some people are practicing, Mm -hmm. you know, in their living room and they've moved a coffee table or in the tiny little, you know, walkway between their bed and everybody's using what they have. We don't have blocks at home or bolsters. We're using pillows. And I think when we can see each other, rather than like hiding behind that Mm -hmm. and turning the camera off and saying, and I get that. There are days when you don't want people to see you practice. Yeah. But it's just like being in a yoga studio. Sure. Nobody's looking at you. (laughs) Nobody's, nobody else is paying attention. That's like the number one fear of people that are new to yoga, right? Everybody's going to think I look stupid. You're so focused on what your body is doing. You don't have time to look around at other people and judge their practice. (laughs) And it's the same with Zoom, right? Uh You don't have time. But for all of us to be able to see each other in the beginning, to glance up during class and to be able to see all those bubbles of different people's spaces Mm -hmm. and the different ways that they're showing up for their practice and... 
I think that that has been hugely helpful. Mm-hmm. And isn't there something about like, okay, I'm meeting your cats. Yes. Or your kids. It's so much in. more intimate. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And it's so cool. And that has almost created more mm-hmm. of a sense of community because then I feel like I actually know these people. Yeah. They're not just, you know, people that pop into my class on Saturday morning. They get there 10 minutes before class. They leave 10 minutes after. And yeah. unless we stay and chat about our lives, I don't really know about you. Mm-hmm. But I can see your artwork. And I can see, yeah, your kids accidentally unmuting the, <laughs> the Zoom. And and it's funny. And we, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like to, I love to create that ambiance. And at home when I practice and when I teach, I like to... I like to make the lighting just so, and Mm -hmm. I like to burn, I like to light some candles, and Mm -hmm. I like to have the playlist, and that is, you know, I like to offer the playlist, and I keep those up for people that want to practice with music, and not everybody does, and some people practice with their own music. That's another cool thing, Yeah, is that maybe you hated my music, (laughs) but you liked the flows. Now you don't have to listen to it, and Mm -hmm. you can listen to whatever you want, and I think that we've as a society, have adapted to losing that sense of community by coming together as a community just in a different way. Mm-hmm. People are supporting themselves, each other, online yeah. in a way that has never happened before. Mm-hmm. People that are supporting each other's small businesses mm-hmm. that are promoting their friends' small business, that are really championing, you know, save these small businesses this is happening in a way that it's never happened before. Yeah. And I think that there's so much beauty and strength that has come out of this sense of community that's just, it's not gone. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we get stuck is thinking that we've lost it mm-hmm. when we haven't. Mm-hmm. It just looks different than mm-hmm. it ever looked before. I'm just thinking, like, really online and our listeners like can all have access to you. Yeah. Um, and that's so, so cool. I have friends yeah. that are practicing with me in DC, mm-hmm. in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends from that I studied with in Asheville. We mm-hmm. all came from all over the world that have taken my classes yeah. and can now. Mm-hmm. And that is blossoming the community beyond just our little Waldo bubble, our sure. little midtown bubble yeah. here in Kansas City. Um, and that's been really incredible. I do think Continued engagement is crucial. Yeah. I think that for me, it's so important to make sure I say hello to every person that's in the Zoom class mm-hmm. when I can. Mm-hmm. Some people join late and it's because I'm already, you know, 10 feet away from the camera and I can't see what's going on. But to say hello and to engage with them, whether I do it there, some people aren't comfortable, you know, with other people in the space unmuting their or they connect with me later. Yeah. And I like to invite people to do that, too. Like, mm-hmm. connect. Find me on the platforms. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. I'm Katie Brown, so I'm KB, KC Yoga. Find me. Connect with me. Mm-hmm. Ask me a question. Ask me for a resource. I am, like, I would love to give you a book about something that we're both passionate about, that yeah. I've loved, that I've read. I would love to talk to you about why you just can't nail that pose. Mm-hmm. Or about an eating disorder that Mm -hmm. you feel like you're really struggling with. I'm here 
off the mat too. And Mm -hmm. I want my students to know that Mm -hmm. because for me, it's not just about teaching. It's not at all. It's not at all about teaching a fitness class. Right. Um, (laughs) No, I've never, never had that feeling. Yeah. Well, and I (laughs) leave class and I'm like, damn, I'm tired. Or like on Tuesdays (laughs) I teach three and by the end I'm so sore. And I'm like, okay, these are physical classes. But that's not what it is. Right. And so, yeah, I think just engagement. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. Just engaging with each other. And accessibility to to you, it sounds. Totally. And continuing to check on each other Mm -hmm. is one way that I think that we can and that we have and can continue to, you know, keep that community together Mm -hmm. so that when we can come back together. Yeah. That we all still recognize each other. Right. And we all still recognize the same, you know, oh, all these people that I've seen in Katie's Zoom class. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, we all, we all, every single one of us has like an internet friend, mm-hmm. a friend that like sure. they connect to and you send each other stuff back and forth, but yeah. you've never really hung out, yeah. <laughs> right? It's that like, internet friend, it's sure. that internet friend, it's <laughs> that person, your Instagram buddy that I want you to be able to feel comfortable when you you know, see them at yoga on the lawn at the Nelson, yeah. yoga in the park, that you at least, at very minimum, can smile at them in recognition. Yeah. That we've been in this together this whole time, mm-hmm. and we're going to continue to mm-hmm. be a community. Absolutely. And Kansas City is has such an awesome yoga community. Uh, yes. Such an awesome mm-hmm. yoga community. Very so impressive. many different amazing teachers, so many different studios, and we're all interwoven. We're all connected. Mm-hmm. We all, for the most part, lift up and support each other mm-hmm. and champion each other's studios mm-hmm. and celebrate mm-hmm. what different offerings we have. And yeah. and that's what makes... are all really nice Well, thanks. each other. <laughs> Thank you. That's kind of As part of yoga. Be. Yeah, that's kind of part of yoga. There's a nice. lot to the philosophy of it. For those of you who don't know, there are, you know, essentially yoga does have Ten Commandments. So the first one being nonviolence, um, non-harming. So, yeah, I mean, I think that we haven't lost community like we think we have. Yeah. It's just transformed. Yeah. And keeping our minds open to that is what's going to get us through and what's going to get us through change because mm-hmm. we're just I mean this is the very beginning mm-hmm. of huge changes for the world I sure. really do believe sure that we are living in an exceptionally pivotal time mm-hmm. um not that the 40s weren't pivotal or the 60s weren't pivotal or mm-hmm. the 1800s or you know um weren't pivotal but the rate at which things are shifting and changing, we mm-hmm. have to be open. Mm-hmm. We have to open our eyes to different perspectives mm-hmm. and to be at least, not all of us are visionaries, mm-hmm. but to be at least open mm-hmm. to what the future might hold that we can't yet imagine, envision, yeah. that we can't understand. Mm-hmm. Instead of, I think when we get lost, I think we get lost when it's like, I can't see how this is possibly going to work. And then we get angry. Right, right. You know, I know I do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you say, when you put your trust back in whatever you trust in, Mm -hmm. when you put your faith back in the universe, God, spirit, the divine, Mm -hmm. and you say, I trust that whatever is happening is happening Mm -hmm. for the highest good. And you really have to hone that one in with yourself because it is hard. (laughs) It is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's when you can find a sense of, you know, peace. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Katie, you brought such good stuff to the studio today. Thanks. I'm going to post all of the things that people can connect with you. And please do connect with Katie and get on some of her classes. You're going to feel better after doing it. I know. Come check me out. My my flow classes all have a little bit of astrology woven in. It's not something we tapped on too much here, but it is a passion of mine and For me, it's not about the horoscopes and it's not about predicting anything. It's more about the lessons that each, because each sign of the zodiac Mm -hmm. really has its own vibration and its own energy and its own gifts. Mm -hmm. And what can we learn from that? And it's, I mean, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like therapy. Like right now we're in Sagittarius season when we're when we're recording this and it's all about expansion and yeah. vision mm-hmm. and travel and adventure. So how can I, how can we embody that on the mat and then off the mat, mm-hmm. learn something here in this space while we're moving, breathing, expanding our body, literally stretching our limbs. Mm-hmm. And how can we take that off of the mat and be a little bit more expansive in our thought. Mm-hmm. And so I do weave astrology into well, that, all my classes. I love so much about it because it gives a sense of like when you're coming to a class and uh, a sense of purpose mm-hmm. and anything like the season we're in, right. that makes sense. Okay, I've been feeling that lately. Right. And now we're doing poses that connect with how I've been feeling in this season And embody it. Yes. And I'm like, well, that makes perfect sense. My body is needing that. Right. Um, And versus I'm doing something just because that was what the teacher... The plan. The plan. Today. Versus what I'm feeling today because of this. Right. No, that's, again, what I've loved. Cool. Because it's like, okay, it makes sense to me. Yeah. And my body's feeling this. Right. Um, So, yeah, it's more purposeful. Yeah, and all of that is part of teaching from a place of, for me, teaching from a place of intuition Mm -hmm. and saying... Let's tap into the feeling today. I'm mm-hmm. and and people that can and do plan their classes very methodically sure. and are, that's amazing. And mm-hmm. like people that teach a really anatomical practice, that's amazing. You're mm-hmm. probably going to be safer in the long run physically in their classes <laughs> um, than you are in mine. But if you're in mine, as long as you listen to your body, you should be still great and yeah. safe. But you know, for me, it just feels better mm-hmm. to tap into that energy that day, that mm-hmm. month, that week, and to go from there and let that dictate what we yeah. do than to say, okay, today we're going to work on wheel pose. <laughs> yeah. No, but again, like when you say, when you start this, like, oh, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed this week. Let's do this. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Or I'm feeling a little tired today. Yeah. I'm like, oh, me too. Yeah. I mean, most of the time, I'm everyone is feeling what you're feeling because we're all living in this world and day to day right so yeah and i really love it good Mm -hmm. good i'm glad Mm -hmm. that's been my number one um tool yeah is Mm -hmm. my intuition yeah both in teaching and in life Mm -hmm. (laughs) well your intuition is usually pretty spot on (laughs) if you you train yourself to listen to it yes and that is the key Mm -hmm. that is that is pivotal because Mm -hmm. we're not trained to listen inward disconnected from ourselves yep yep that's what we're taught i agree um so katie at the end of each interview we like to ask our interviewees how they uh, live out the fit philosophy so how are you lately balancing performance health intellect and taking time for self yeah i mean i think that i just answered that i think it's by listening by listening to 
my body and its needs at mm-hmm. all times. Mm-hmm. By and most of that work has been practiced and done on the mat, but it's also you know, in making big decisions, really sitting for a minute and asking myself which what feels heavy, what feels light, mm-hmm. which decision feels, you know, does that feel dense mm-hmm. or does that feel free? Um, and I think how I live out the philosophy of, you know, finding balance and all those things is to just just do things when I'm inspired to do them. Yeah. To weight, lift weights when I'm inspired to lift weights, to mm-hmm. practice yoga when I'm inspired to practice yoga, to eat in a way that nourishes my body and feels good. Yes, it is delicious to eat sweets and baked goods. And I do. I have a, a bad sweet tooth and I am a baked good addict. Black Hole Bakery <laughs> and 55th and Truce. I'm just going to give them a little shout okay. out if you haven't been there. No, I haven't. Oh my God. you got to go. Um, I've got a box of pastries in my car right now, actually. <laughs> 55th and Truce. So um, I'm after you. You've got to go. But, you know, wh- if I sit down and actually ask myself, like, why am I feeling extra tired or feeling, do I, like, I feel gross. I need a Brussels sprout. I need a salad. And like to be able to, it takes a long time, but just to listen to my body and give it that. And, you know, I am a very much a do, 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 achieve, achieve. I'm very achievement driven. I have a lot Mm -hmm. of Capricorn in my chart. Um, For the, if you know, you know. Um, But really the wins are the days when I say, I'm just too tired to go run errands. To do those dishes, yeah. they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be there. Yeah, I just need to sit down on my mat for mm-hmm. fifteen minutes, which sometimes turns into an hour, mm-hmm. and just not do. Mm-hmm. And that is how I find balance. Mm-hmm. And you know, it doesn't always work. Yeah, because we live in a Western world mm-hmm. in which we have to go to work mm-hmm. because we have to pay the bills mm-hmm. because we can't just say I'm just too tired to go to work today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I can, that's yeah, what, that's what I do. No, I agree. I just, Biting that over functioning, over productivity of the the chaos of the world. Yeah, it's yeah. brutal. Mm-hmm. But yoga helps. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Katie, thanks so much for coming Thank in you. and Thank chatting with me about all the things. Me. Thank you and for me. everybody, get out there and connect with. Katie Brown. Yes. Okay. You can find me kbkc.yoga is my website um, and then I'm everywhere at kbkc yoga. So yep. I'd love to connect. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you queen. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Yours Truly. I'm excited to announce the releasing of my book, Finding Your Sweet Spot in Sport, Avoiding Relative Energy Deficit in Sport, also known as Red S, by optimizing your energy balance. Be sure to follow me on social media or go to my website, www.beccamacomble.com. Bye, queens. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at fit queen Hashtag fit for a queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, queens.